Welcome to the Harshman Travel Radio Show segment on Building Fortunes Radio with your hosts, Pamela and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingle. Make sure you check us out by clicking on the Harshman Travel Radio Show link on buildingfortunesradio.com. That's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. Pam and Ron's success as entrepreneurs has allowed them to pursue their passion in the travel industry. Listen to Harshman Travel Radio Show and learn about Pam and Ron as they discover the joy that comes from being part of the travel industry. You might have a chance of working with them in their business ventures and your travel plans. So listen in and enjoy the journey. Now on to our Building Fortunes Radio Show with Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingle. Let's get started, Peter. Hello, everyone. Peter Mingles here. You're listening to us on Building Fortunes Radio. It's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. This is the Harshman Travel Radio Show segment. We do this every Friday at this time, which is 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Building Fortunes Radio. If you go to buildingfortunesradio.com forward slash Harshman Travel, you'll be able to hear the previous radio shows we've done. And more importantly, make sure you go to harshmantravel.com. Harshmantravel.com is a place where you're going to go to book your next cruise, most likely, or book your next vacation, or make your next phone call to inquire about your cruise, your vacation, your multi-generational escapade, or whatever you might want to do, including, as we were talking before we got started, if you're old and you want to go on a cruise for like a million months or whatever it is all by yourself, do that too. You can call that on Harshman Travel. So we are here every Friday to talk about all of your travel needs. Well, the way this got started is Pam Harshman is a customer of ours. I'm going to say was a customer of ours more than less when we were doing home-based businesses together. And when we started Building Fortunes Radio, which was a platform for entrepreneurs, I said, hey, Pam, you want to do some radio shows with us? I mean, I love the way you build things, and you're so good, and you help so many different people, and you're smart, and you're really good as far as being organized and all those other accolades that you throw at someone. And I said, you know, maybe we can do some radio shows together. And she said, well, I'm not going to be doing the traditional MLM stuff anymore. We're, we're thinking about becoming travel agents. And I said, what kind? The card-carrying kind, the one that you buy, like I did from a kid named Ryan who was a college student of mine. He sold me six of them. He said he would pay me back. The son of a gun never did. So $3,000 later, I'm a card-carrying travel agent. Is it going to be that kind? She says, no. We're going to be the real real kind of travel agents. You know, we're going to get our certificates, our education. going to continue with that. Ron's going to help me. I'm like, who's Ron? That's my husband. Oh, that's the guy who answers the phone. It says very little, but he's the guy who answers the phone. I said said to myself, man, you're going to have a hard time with a radio show with Ron because he doesn't talk. Well, that was different. He doesn't talk about MLM, but he certainly talks about the travel industry so we started this and i was i was really super excited about the potential of making sure that our building fortunes radio listening audience has a safe and a great place to go um, to be able to get their travel education as well as their needs met and equally important or more importantly is like if you're in trouble like hey we missed our flight or oh my gosh this is what's going on you'll be able to make a phone call with people that know who you are and that's really important in your times of need. So I want you guys to have the same level of um, shared experience and confidence that I do 
with Pam and Ron. So we're going to go over a little bit about their backgrounds first so you can hear them sling some sentences together as far as like where they're coming from. And then afterwards, after the commercial break, we're going to run where Ron tells us about what's new and, you know, all the exciting things that are happening in the travel industry. So you'll want to sit back, take some notes along the way. But most importantly, you can go to HarshmanTravel.com. That is HarshmanTravel.com. So as I promised, we'll do ladies first. So Pam, tell us about Pam Harshman. Hey, Peter. It's good to be here. And, yep, I, I got the whole scoop on her. Anyway, a little bit about my background. I started my working years as a 911 dispatcher up in the Pacific Northwest. I uh, did that for several years and then slow but sure advanced myself up into court administration and loved my job, but uh, unfortunately, but yet fortunately, I had to leave my job because I met my husband who lived down in sunny Florida, kitty corner across the country. So uh, I picked up and moved to be with him. And once down here in the Florida, I didn't want to start down at the bottom of the ladder or anywhere close. So I was kind of looking around for something that I could do uh, preferably from home and somewhat independently. I ended up getting my realtor's license followed by my broker's license, and I sold real estate in South Florida for several years. However, it just was not my niche, and so I went back and got my life and health insurance license and sold Medicare supplements to the senior population. Absolutely loved it. I loved going out on my calls to seniors' homes and uh, I never knew what was going to be there waiting for me. Sometimes I had uh, a couple or just a single person, and sometimes I'd be surprised with a whole bunch of ladies around a table for uh, set up as a tea party and to talk to them about things at that point. But it was very satisfying for me because as we get up in our golden years, I guess basically what we decide to do about our uh, health insurance has probably got to be the most important uh, decision that we're going to make because that basically affects us for the rest of our life. And so going and giving them all the information and helping them maneuver through the whole insurance world, um, I, I felt good about that. And at the same time, I was getting these carrots dangling in front of me on my Facebook news feed about home-based businesses, MLMs, and I definitely joined some of them. I had a couple losers, but I had some winners, and uh, as you had mentioned earlier, that's when I became a customer of yours, and uh, we just kind of side-eye and hit it off, and we've been friends ever since, so it was a win-win for both of us at that point. But uh, when I was out on my travels one day, I got a call from a girlfriend of mine who, out of the clear blue, just asked if Ron and I had ever thought about becoming travel agents. And it kind of threw me for a loop because it hadn't even been a week prior, and Ron and I had thrown around, you know, did you want to travel? Well, did you want to travel? And comparing bucket lists, and we were basically empty nester baby boomers. We had some disposable income, 
and at the same time we were both in a position to uh, have control over our own schedule so we could certainly get away. And so as we were plotting where we wanted to go and all of this, we had uh, our little list made up. So when she brought that up, it blew me away. I could not wait to get home to see Ron that night. We talked about it and did some uh, investigations on the Internet and made a pros and cons list and ultimately decided to go forward. We got all the education we could and all the li uh, proper licensures. And I have to say, in the long run, we have probably done a whole lot more travel than we normally would have done otherwise. And at the same time, we've helped an awful lot of people stretch their travel dollars. So uh, we have totally enjoyed ourselves. That is until COVID struck. And that basically put the quabash on the travel industry worldwide. But it has come back, and it's come back so much stronger than before. And we are just so excited about all the potential uh, trips that are still on the waiting list for us, as well as still booking folks along. But this time we've got a whole lot more options for them. Excellent. Okay, good. So, Ron, over to you. All right, Peter. Good to be here with you uh, again. Um, happy Valentine's Day, a yeah. day late for everybody. Uh, I'm going to talk about that in a, in a couple minutes in terms of just giving some idea of what the cruise industry has done for people. But uh, my background is uh, very different from Pam's. I spent many years as a licensed clinical psychologist very heavily involved, obviously, in my own clinical work, my own clinical practice. But I also decided to uh, become involved in the behind-the-scenes uh, self-regulatory aspect of the profession. When I first got started, a, a very good friend of mine, she was actually a mentor, um, suggested that when I get involved and as I was becoming involved, it would be uh, really good for me to get involved uh, also in the uh, provincial association uh, at the time. I was up in Canada, in, in Alberta, and uh, she wanted me to get involved with the provincial association. She felt that I had a lot to contribute, but she also felt that it would be to my advantage to get in and, and uh, be involved and uh, see what was going on in the profession and uh, be able to relate to people and uh, and help people uh, through uh, various uh, journeys that they were taking that uh, were involved. Um, I really respected her and, and took her advice uh, and was very glad that I did. I got involved in the Provincial Association and quickly uh, was elected to uh, their board of directors and uh, sat on ethics committees and really saw a lot of the behind-the-scenes working uh, with government agencies and uh, dealing with uh, things like uh, disciplinary hearings and things for um, those professionals who uh, decided to not be very professional. Um, but it was a, a good learning experience, and uh, 
as she said, I certainly gained a lot, and uh, I was told by people, and I feel good about the fact that I was also able to uh, to contribute. Um, and very quickly, after I was involved in the provincial association, I got involved in the national association as well, the Canadian Psychological Association. I was very fortunate there to be elected chair of the applied division. Uh, so again, I was on the board of directors, uh, various um, uh, different committees, uh, custody uh, investigation uh, type things, um, disciplinary actions uh, against other uh, professionals, and really interagency uh, things that most professionals uh, do not uh, become aware of. I, I think that most uh, professional people, regardless of the profession, whether it's medicine, dentistry, real estate, uh, uh, accounting, whatever, most uh, professionals get involved in their uh, professional association. They uh, become members. In many cases, they will attend the annual convention or whatever, but they never really get into the uh, back uh, behind the scenes workings uh, of the self-regulatory aspects of any of these uh, professions. And uh, it was a, a very good learning experience for me. Uh, again, I think I was able to contribute, but I certainly benefited and, and learned a lot from being involved in that. In terms of my own clinical experience, uh, I was very fortunate both in undergraduate and graduate training to have uh, professors who really stressed the importance of getting varied clinical experience before going into pra uh, private practice. They made it clear that when you're in private practice, you really don't know who's going to make an appointment to come in and see you, what their problems are, what they're dealing with, why they're coming to see you for assistance. And if you've had no experience, no knowledge, no interactions with the things that they are experiencing in their life situations, uh, you really can end up doing a lot more harm than good. And uh, I, I took that advice very much to heart, and both uh, during my undergrad and graduate uh, years of training, I uh, committed to working with as many of the self-regulatory uh, organizations and uh, issues uh, as, as I could. And I did end up working for pretty much every one of the social service delivery systems. So I, I gained experience in corrections, both uh, uh, community-based as well as institutional-based, uh, a lot of uh, mental health work, a lot of uh, social uh, justice stuff, a lot of um, the uh, you know, alcohol, drug abuse, just many, many different situations. So when I did go into private practice, I really felt that uh, I was well prepared. And at the end of my career, um, I was fortunate enough to be elected as a lifetime uh, honorary uh, member of uh, the uh, Canadian Psychological Association, uh, an honorary fellow of the association. So 
uh, it was a good experience. Uh, in my own clinical practice, I ended up uh, specializing, working with young couples, which ended up getting me involved in uh, the whole family law uh, arena because a lot of these uh, young couples had come through the uh, you know throwaway society. If it doesn't work, you just throw it away. And they basically had that approach to their marriage. So when their marriage wasn't working, they obviously just went for divorce. And unfortunately, many of them were very immature and uh, saw their fight over custody of their children as the last battleground where they felt they could hurt their about-to-be ex-spouse. And uh, because I was seeing a lot of these people, I ended up uh, being called as an expert witness in the child custody uh, dispute cases. And as a result of that, I got very heavily involved in that whole arena and uh, was one of the first psychologists to be uh, approved by the Supreme Court in Canada as an expert in child custody. Uh, ended up doing many, many uh, cases uh, in law uh, and in the uh, court system. Uh, it was very, very heavy work, but very, very rewarding work, very challenging, uh, but very heavy and, as I say, very, very rewarding. And I felt very good about my involvement there. In any event, when Pam and I got together, we weren't together all that long uh, before we decided to move from uh, southeast Florida over to southwest Florida. We started raising alpacas. Pam started getting involved in home-based business, multi-level marketing. And uh, although I was not involved in any of that with her, I was uh, certainly fully supportive of her uh, involvement in that area. So, uh, as Peter said, my involvement was basically answering the phone when he would call her, saying, hold on just a minute, I'll go get her, and that was the extent of our conversation. Uh, as I'm demonstrating right now, uh, Peter was uh, totally off base when he uh, uh, took that experience and uh, spread it out and believed that I would be a non-talker. Uh, I've certainly proved that to be false. In any event, uh, when Pam came home, and said that she really wanted us to look seriously at becoming professional travel consultants, it was something that really uh, struck reality for both of us. Uh, from my own perspective, I looked at it as an opportunity to have the same uh, involvement with people. Uh, you know, throughout my clinical career, I was uh, always uh, meeting with people, turning on lights, uh, discussing different options, helping them see uh, different options that they could take and helping them make decisions that were, um, you know, to their benefit. Uh, unfortunately, though, all of those involvements were with people going through very heavy life situations, uh, you know, kids uh, being involved in uh, drug and alcohol abuse and parents being very concerned about that. Uh, as I said earlier, people going through divorce and uh, uh, breaking up of uh, relationships, and as I mentioned, also the uh, child custody and access uh, dispute type of thing. But in uh, becoming travel consultants, I saw an opportunity to be working with people the same way, only it would always be pleasant life situations. 
people planning uh, anniversaries or uh, marriages or uh, multi-level generational uh, vacations or uh, retirement parties, anything that, uh, you know, people celebrate. And I felt that would be a real nice change after so many years of uh, working uh, with very, very uh, depressing and negative situations. So we, we made the decision that if we were going to do this, we would uh, do it the correct way. As uh, Pam uh, mentioned, we uh, got all the uh, training that we could, uh, got all the uh, proper licensures, and uh, we also made the decision that we would do our best and take the time and energy involved in finding those travel vendors with whom we could really relate and who we felt uh, we could support and uh, be involved with because they had the same attitude towards their clients that we had towards our clients, which was to help them make the best of their time and uh, money and give them uh, good value. So uh, we did spend the time. We certainly found that there were a number of vendors that we uh, would choose not to be involved with and not to support and not have anything to do with. And at the same time, there were many, many uh, on the other side that were very, very uh, good and, and really did their best for their clients. And I got heavily involved in the Cruise Lines International Association, which is the uh, international association that uh, pretty much all of the cruise lines are involved with and committed to, and uh, really had the opportunity to uh, meet with a lot of the different uh, cruise corporation uh, head honchos, and uh, really also had the uh, opportunity to work with a number of uh, those uh, travel vendors in helping them to uh, provide the best uh, uh, money-saving and, and uh, money-enhancing uh, opportunities for their clients. And uh, we certainly have enjoyed it. We've helped uh, many, many people make the most out of their travel money and uh, travel time. And uh, we've uh, done, as Pam and Peter both alluded to, uh, we have been able to do a lot more travel than we ever would have been able to uh, had we not been uh, professional travel consultants. So a lot's going on in the uh, cruise industry and in the travel industry. Uh, as uh, Pam mentioned, Carnival or uh, um, I might have lost for words here for a second. How about that? What am I thinking of? Well, do you want to – let's run our commercial break, and then we'll come back and you'll give us the other news of what's going on with the industry. Okay, good idea. Perfect. We're going to run a quick commercial break. Go to HarshmanTravel.com. You've been listening to the Harshman Travel Radio Show on Building Fortunes Radio with your hosts Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Meagle. This special segment can be heard again with almost any device connected to the Internet by going to BuildingFortunesRadio.com. That's www.BuildingFortunesRadio.com. Listen in often and get to know Pam and Ron. Go to the BuildingFortunesRadio.com website to listen in to the show. No matter where you're at in life, you can benefit by listening to and by working with Pam and Ron. Let them book your next cruise, vacation getaway, or group event. 
Listen to Harshman Travel Radio and witness their ability to pursue their dreams in the field they love. Thanks for listening. And now, back to the Harshman Travel Radio Show. And we are back. Peter Mingles here with Pam and Ron Harshman. Ron's going to cover some of the cool stuff that's happening in the travel industry. And, Ron, you can take as much time as you want because I know we're running a little bit long, but take as much time as you want to give us the good news. So back All to right. you. Peter, sorry for the brain fart there. I couldn't uh, think of COVID. Uh, right. But uh, <laughs> just to finish that thought, uh, when COVID hit, uh, it obviously uh, almost destroyed the whole travel industry. Uh, they tried. I'm not, not going to get political, but in my opinion, uh, the U.S. government at that time under uh, the administration of uh, somebody whose name I will not mention – um, basically, uh, and I'm sure, had a firm commitment to destroy the uh, travel industry and, in particular, the cruise industry. And I am so happy that uh, all of his efforts uh, came to naught. The cruise uh, corporations did what they had to do. They put out the money that they had to put out. They uh, abided by the... Uh, the decisions and the uh, regulations that were imposed upon them, uh, and they have come out uh, bigger and better and stronger than ever before, so I'm pleased about that. I mentioned uh, before the uh, break when I was still thinking and uh, my mouth was connected to my brain uh, that the cruise lines really do their best uh, to give people uh, the best value and that we made a point of uh, finding and working with those um, crews and, and uh, travel um, vendors who did have that commitment. And just to give an example, it's over now. Uh, it's, this thing ended on February 15th. But Celebrity Cruises uh, put out a Valentine's uh, Day uh, deal they actually offered a, a weekend escape for two to the Caribbean, and uh, they offered 75% off for the second uh, uh, guest's fare if they took a non-refundable uh, deposit or 50% off if they took a refundable deposit. But uh, they had that offer. You could go and uh, two people uh, had an opportunity to go and uh, basically pay 125% instead of 200%. And in addition, uh, they uh, were offering an additional $200 per stateroom on select uh, sailings. And in addition to that, until February 15th, uh, they said that the guests could enjoy a complimentary upgrade from Ocean View to veranda staterooms on select uh, celebrity reflection and celebrity uh, sailings. Um, so the, just to show the kinds of uh, offers that the cruise lines are coming up with to entice uh, basically new uh, cruise uh, people, uh, you know, cruise um, passengers, um, because what is being seen in, in the industry today, and I've marveled at this uh, several times on previous radio shows, is that uh, 
majority of the bookings that are being made today are not just from returning cruise passengers, but they are from new cruise passengers, people who've never cruised before. And uh, I think that that is, uh, is really amazing. Um, so they're really going overboard. Uh, they had, uh, as that uh, cruise vacation for Valentine's Day, weekend getaways uh, are still available uh, every Friday, and they are three- and four-night itineraries, and they go to uh, Key West, Nassau, uh, Puerto Plata, and uh, Cozumel in Mexico. So, again, it was a terrific offer. It did end on February 15th, so you can't take advantage of it now, but it certainly demonstrates the uh, kinds of uh, offerings that the cruise lines uh, have to uh, basically uh, make it a sweeter deal for people to try cruising if they've never done or to come back to cruising if they have uh, been uh, on previous cruises. Um, Royal Caribbean came out with a statement this week that uh, they are finding their pre-booking onboard experiences and spending of money uh, on mobile devices uh, is tremendously uh, up. They say that the outsized increase in our onboard revenue over the past couple of years has been fueled by new capabilities introduced to make it easier for guests to pre-book onboard experiences, and they will continue to enhance those capabilities, obviously, uh, throughout uh, 2024. And they say that uh, approximately 70% of guests do book at least one activity pre-cruise. And uh, about a, th a third of those onboard purchases are coming through the uh, mobile app. And uh, we already have uh, about 40% more pre-cruise revenue booked in 2024 as compared to 2023. So, um, you know, they are uh, doing this and uh, really uh, enticing um, clients to be involved in that. Um, just to, uh, again, enhance the things that are going on worldwide and, and really expanding the whole industry, Holland America has officially opened bookings for its 2025-2026 cruise season to Australia and New Zealand. And that uh, travel will uh, go from November of 2025 through March of 2026. And they have 14-day itineraries allowing people to really get to see Australia, and New Zealand. And uh, these are a round trip from Sydney or between Sydney and Auckland. And uh, they are uh, having many, many different itineraries, 14-day uh, itineraries, as well as 41-day, 28-day, 42-day, another 42-day, and a 50-day. So, uh, again, 
the number of itineraries being offered uh, are just expanding uh, across the entire cruise industry, and, uh, and it's really good to see that. And it's uh, just really underscoring the uh, way in which the cruise industry has not only survived the uh, COVID fiasco, but they have come back bigger and stronger. Uh, unfortunately, what's going on in the uh, area of the Red Sea has caused uh, Silver Sea cruises to cancel additional cruises in the Indian Ocean and Asia uh, due to the geopolitical situation in the Red Sea region. Uh, so they have canceled a number of cruises, and uh, again, they came out with a uh, very thoughtful statement saying, we sincerely regret this disruption to your travel plans and assure you that this decision was made after thorough consideration, prioritizing, as always, uh, the safety of our guests and crew. Uh, so that's a, a sad thing to announce, but again, uh, it's reality. Uh, Carnival Corporation and uh, Meyer Wirth, the uh, builders, uh, have announced a contract to build yet another cruise ship for Carnival Cruise Line. Uh, the ship will be a sister to the Carnival Jubilee, which uh, came out in 2023, and this ship is scheduled to be delivered in 2027. Um, and uh, the people at uh, Meyer, the shipbuilders, made the uh, announcement, this order is a clear sign that the cruise market has recovered and there is great demand for sea trips. Um, and they are uh, pleased to obviously uh, announce this uh, contractual arrangement with Carnival. So. Uh, again, nice to see things uh, continuing to uh, expand and solidify uh, that the cruise industry is definitely here to stay and getting better all the time. Fred Olsen Cruise Lines, which is over in Europe, uh, made an interesting announcement. Uh, they unveiled their Extraordinary Voyages program featuring more than 14 nights on board and exploring destinations in the Eastern Mediterranean, Dalmatian Coast, Canada, and Greenland. And these uh, longer uh, cruises, they say, have been designed to give guests more time to immerse themselves in the destinations that they are visiting. And that's easy, interesting to see because there are cruise lines that are committed to giving people vacation, enjoyment, party, have a good time, type of thing, and that then you have things uh, like our organizations like Fred Olson, Olson I'm sorry, that uh, really concentrate on the immersion experiences, and uh, they really um, come out, they say there's really a cruise to whet every appetite, um, and again, the uh, enticement Anybody who books before February 29th can enjoy a free drinks package uh, or an onboard spend on selected sailings throughout 2024 
And uh, just to give a list of some of the things they, they're doing, they have a 32-night discovery in Greece, Turkey, and the Dalmatian coast. They have a 15-night springtime Canary Islands and Portugal, 27-night scenic wonders and wildlife of Canada and Greenland, 15-night Portugal's islands in search of the meteor shower. So again, tremendous itineraries that are just there for people to take advantage of. And uh, as I continually say, there's cruises available for people who want a weekend uh, getaway, uh, a week or two week enjoyable uh, vacation, uh, or longer, uh, up to 200, 300 nights uh, on board ship. So uh, it really um, is a, a major uh, thing for anybody who's looking for any kind of vacation. And I've often said and continue to say that uh, there is no value greater than cruising for your vacation dollars. Uh, the amount of uh, enjoyment and the amount of things that one gets from booking a cruise, uh, the uh, places to see, the uh, having to unpack once, um, the travel to different places, the experience of, of different uh, ports of call, all of these things, the entertainment on board, the food and drinks that are available, uh, there's just nothing that uh, compares value-wise to taking a cruise, and as I say, whether it's a short two-day um, runaround uh, or uh, a, a longer uh, cruise vacation or a very, very long uh, enjoyment and experience, uh, you really can't lose by, uh, by going on a, uh, on a cruise. A uh, couple of other things that I wanted to announce uh, today. Uh, again, Royal uh, Caribbean, we had the announcement from Carnival uh, with uh, the uh, cruise being built for 2027. Uh, Royal Caribbean Group announced that they have uh, contracted with a uh, ship, a French shipbuilder, uh, for a seventh Oasis-class ship for delivery to Royal Caribbean in 2028. So uh, these uh, companies are continuing to put in uh, many, many, many dollars uh, based on their uh, definite and uh, confirmed belief that uh, there are more and more and more um, people looking for cruises and more and more demand for more uh, ship space, and they are definitely uh, responding to that uh, with not only new ships, but refurbishing of other ships, the numbers of ships that are going into dry dock for uh, some for repair, but most of them for refurbishment and expansion and uh, change of uh, onboard experience opportunities is, uh, is just astounding. Every week we are getting uh, announcements of different ships that are, uh, are going in 
uh, for uh, repair. Um, Trinidad, uh, again to show the worldwide uh, enjoyment and uh, experience uh, as a result of cruises, Trinidad announced the arrival of Royal Caribbean's Jewel of the Seas uh, for Carnival that they had on uh, the uh, 13th of February, and the Jewel of the Seas arrived carrying approximately 2,337 passengers, and uh, to ensure that passenger or the travelers made the most of their visit, transportation was provided to the Visit Trinidad Socodrome at the Jean-Pierre Complex, and uh, they say that at the Socodrome, guests can explore the Carnival Village and experience uh, Trinidad's Carnival traditions. They can expect to witness the parade of the bands, showcasing costumes, music, and other performances, and uh, the Jewel of the Seas uh, docked there and allowed their uh, passengers to participate in that. It was a seven-day sailing uh, through the Southern Caribbean uh, from San Juan, Puerto uh, Puerto Rico, and uh, they were going to go from Trinidad uh, to Scarborough, Tobago. So, again, just the interaction between the cruise lines and the ports of call uh, we have talked many times about the effect on the economy of different places and the whole uh, life structure. There are many, many places around the globe, particularly up in uh, Alaska, where uh, entire communities and all the people living in those com- those communities are dependent for their income uh, on the uh, wares and uh, services that they provide to cruise passengers when the uh, cruises dock in their port of call. So it's interesting to, to see that, and it's nice to see that, uh, more than interesting. Uh, in Canada, we're seeing the same expansion. Uh, ports of Nova Scotia. Uh, are gearing up for continued growth in 2024, according to their uh, press release. And the cruise uh, season kicks off on April 6th in Halifax uh, and runs through November 3rd. And they are expected to welcome 203 cruise calls in 2024, including 11 maiden visits. So, again, we see the number of uh, cruise lines that are expanding their itineraries going to places that they've not been before, and uh, they are certainly uh, being welcomed uh, by these places, and they are contributing to the ports of call that they are uh, going to. So uh, it's it's really nice to, uh, to see that. Um, They uh, say that uh, the 2024 season will run longer and sea ship visits spread out across eight months. This is good news for our port, local businesses, and our provincial tourism industry. And uh, this was uh, comments from uh, Nova Scotia. 
regarding the uh, port of uh, Saint, uh, the port of Sydney, uh, as well as the port of Halifax, uh, not to be outdone. Uh, port Charlottetown announced a record-breaking surge in cruise activity for the 2024 season, with uh, 96 uh, cruise ship calls bringing in over 165,000 passengers. And out of the 96 cruise ship calls that are scheduled for this year, six will be inaugural visits to Port Charlottetown. So again, uh, just seeing the expansion and the number of ships, the number of cruise lines that are uh, going to uh, new places, expanding their itineraries, but uh, really helping uh, the economies of the various places that they are uh, going to. So uh, Port Charlottetown uh, was uh, going to expect a, a lot of uh, activity, um, and they uh, they basically said uh, cruise passengers consistently rate Port Charlottetown among the top ports of call in Canada, and the, uh, this year's extensive schedule offers an array of experiences for every traveler. Uh, they are talking about their waterfront and historic downtown, just steps away from uh, debarkation. Again, provide an authentic taste of their vibrant city. So when you read these press releases, um, you really see how uh, much of an interface there is between the cruise line, the passengers of the cruise line, the crew of the cruise line, the people that are uh, uh, inhabit the different ports of call, the different organizations that run the ports and are responsible for their growth and their upkeep and their development. It's just a total immersion that is very, very uh, beneficial to all concerned. So again, um, here we see uh, Prince Edward Island uh, counting on the same kind of uh, improved and expanded involvement of the cruise industry, uh, just uh, just like its uh, its neighboring province, um, Nova Scotia. And I've gone way over time, but I wanted to uh, give people a good uh, array of uh, vision in terms of what there really is out there waiting for them when they make the decision to go on a cruise. And uh, at Harshman Travel, we're committed to making sure that we uh, help you make your cruise vacation dreams come true. And as I've said very often on previous radio shows, PM and I made the commitment that we would not uh, follow the stream of many uh, travel agencies that are charging people just for doing research and applying that money to a trip, uh, in other words, guaranteeing some income uh, to the travel agency if they're going to spend time with people. Uh, Pam and I uh, feel very blessed and uh, committed to uh, doing what we can for people looking to uh, get involved uh, with the uh, travel industry 
and if we can uh, get your input in terms of what you're looking for, we are more than happy to do the research necessary to come up with various options uh, that you can look at that would uh, go along with what you're looking for and uh, help you make the uh, reservations, et cetera, and uh, make sure that you do have uh, error-free uh, vacation experiences. So another week, and again, uh, happy Valentine's Day, uh, day late, uh, or two days late, I'd say. But Easter's coming next, and uh, we'll look forward to wishing people good things for every holiday that comes up. So uh, thank you for being with us. We'll see you again next week. Excellent news. Okay, perfect. So we're going to catch everybody next week on Building Fortunes Radio. Thank you so much. And check them out, harshmantravel.com. Harshmantravel.com. See everyone next week. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to the Harshman Travel Radio Show segment on Building Fortunes Radio with your hosts, Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingle. Be sure to check out the buildingfortunesradio.com website to hear previous radio shows with Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingle. Pam and Ron's success as entrepreneurs has allowed them to pursue their passion in the travel industry. Listen to Harshman Travel Radio Show and learn about Pam and Ron as they discover the joy that comes from being part of the travel industry. It's been our privilege to have you listen in. Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingles and I want to say thanks for listening and ask you to spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world.